So, I don't know if it's a printing error or what, mm. but I did just get in the new self-help book from Creedle and Crabnuts. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, on the, the front cover, looks enriching enough. Uh, Ten positive steps to improve your life. Then open the first page and just in Times New Roman font, white white page, black text just says don't. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, then the rest of the book is just pictures of hobo clowns, like the hobo clown paintings. But instead of looking sad, they look very angry. And one of them looks horny. I, I mean, you know, typical, typical printing area that occasionally happens. You know, I've I've made some books. I've worked on books. It's very typical for that to accidentally happen with a book. Yeah. You know, it's it's like an autocorrect error. You know, you type in some self-help words and instead you get stop and a sad clown. They've got scratch and sniff on it. Do you remember that? I do remember Scratch and Sniff, yeah. Scratch and Sniff. I am curious how Sad Clown Scratch and Sniff smells. I mean, potash. Several pages is just potash and whiskey. I mean, I say it's Scratch and Sniff. The book's just been soaked in whiskey. Every copy. Well, I mean, that's a selling point if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't suck the pages. It's dry by the... You know when you, like, make a... When a kid makes a treasure map? Just because you can't suck the pages doesn't mean you can't rip them out and chew them, and the the whiskey's probably in there. And aromatherapy, we all know, is very popular. Now, imagine if instead of candles... You just had a stack of books in your home that produced a pleasant aroma of ash and whiskey. Yeah. And a little bit of puke. Oh, I mean, yeah, there, there, there is one, one page and you don't even need to scratch it really because <laughs> they covered the whole page with scratch and sniff smell of, well, there's no other way to say it, puke. I lied there. There's many ways to say vomit. Like just sick, sick. A rainbow yawn uh, is one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, the whole page, you don't need, like it's pungent. It almost overpowers the whiskey. If you want a book that smells of whiskey and sick, uh, full of angry hobo clowns, really pierced daggers, you know, Vigo in Ghostbusters 2 is like those eyes mm. on every page. The horny one, especially, it's intense. You feel like you're you're having wild uh, sex when you look at that page. Wild, furious sex, Conrad. Mm. Conrad specifically. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I, I, I think that my rummage is jumble sale. I think it's the kind of book for him. Mm. It can go with your, your lewd Victorian lithographs that you keep under the record player. I do keep a, <laughs> a, a staggering collection of... Um, Tasteful? It, my well, tastefully erotic, certainly, yeah. but, um, but definitely erotic. <laughs> um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people with consumption. Yes. And, um, you know, bloodied uh, kerchiefs. <laughs> and, um, boy, it is. Ooh. It's hot. It's dark. It's dark, but it is, you're right, in many ways. I mean, Nicole Kidman rocked the consumption. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's a look. Not everyone can pull it off. Indeed. Indeed. So, 
you know, that's the latest product from Creedland Crab Nuts. That's a thing I'm pushing now as a thing. Mm-hmm. D- you mm-hmm. know, don't worry about it. Famed podquisition characters. Creedland Crab Nuts, it's a company. Yeah. The, you know, unless I'm doing Crab Nuts as the other thing or Creedle is the other thing. Right. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's a complex universe. <laughs> I'll very, grant you. But very well defined. Oh, very well defined. You know, there's a difference between, you know, the sterling that wrestles and the sterling that does the Junquisition and the sterling that's in um, Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah. They're parallel sterlings. Yeah. Exactly. It's all part of the Sterling cinematic universe. Yeah, there's a meta-narrative going on. People love it when YouTubers do that because they're just as good at writing fiction as what they do. As as excitedly shouting about the latest thing they got in the post. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, what they do is fiction, so... <gasps> oh, commentary, Conrad. I'm not sure we can have commentary on this show. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I can't believe you went there. <laughs> Brave enough for com- for commentary. I That's... mean, searing. This is a show where we play things straight and by the book and never have opinions, and I can't believe you would bring opinions yeah. into this house of objectivity. I I object. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, welcome to Podquisition. Oh, hello, everyone. What's going on? Video games. We have opinions. Some of them are great. Some of them are perfect. Yeah. The opinions are always perfect. It's the games that are great or perfect. We provide great chat. Yeah. Don't suggest we've had anything other than a perfect opinion ever. Yeah, the chat's only great. Yeah. Yeah. But the opinions are perfect. Yeah, we, we score a perfect game, but with opinions and chat instead of a ball and pins. Pretty good at bowling, used to be. Uh, that's one of the things I'm really greatly looking forward to doing again. Yeah. Once uh, all this is over, is we'll going bowl bowling. We'll and bowl I haven't it done up. it. And it, it wasn't even something that I was like, when it was always available, that I was like, I'm going to go bowling all the time. It just, but now that it hasn't been available to me for so long, I really have this urge. I've been having that this week. I've been having the, like, the very small things that I've just been like, I, I miss things that I could do previously. Yeah. Give me mundane outside activities, please. I look good now. I want to go out. Yeah. Fucking hell. I, I managed to get into an XL shirt, which is huge for me but not huge for me in another way i got in it tight as fuck but that's incredible oh you should see the figure oh my god i've got the most honest hips in philadelphia those hips do not lie do you see the state of it i i don't know where that came from hips for days i mean it's fucking that's a figure that is so hips for months fucking hell wait Oh, folks, wait till you see me at the Polyam cult party oh. on April 24th. You can see it on a live stream, 3 p.m. ET on April 24th. Go professional wrestling on Twitch. Or an hour sooner when me and Conrad will be doing a little pre-show before that happens. That's right. Yeah, Laura and Conrad will be pre-showing it up. Um, oh, I might uh, see if MV can get me some like promos <gasps> and stuff and you can Ooh. put them in. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll... Hopefully it gets in, gets here in time, but the dress I have picked out is something I, not even I am ready for. It's gorgeous. 
Oh, for people who always ask, by the way, Torrid or Eloquii, E-L-O-Q-U-I-I, that's where I get much of my stuff. Also, Torrid of the two of them sounds like the one to go for, because Torrid apparently put pockets in fucking everything. Yeah, Eloquii isn't so good at pockets, but Torrid puts pockets on most things. That's where I got the rainbow shirt, which I'm actually wearing now, the rainbow plaid. And the um, the pink and purpley played as well. But yeah, a lot of my cool stuff comes from there. Who wants to talk about a video game this week? Anyone? Oh, see, now when you say that, it seems to be implying that you're expecting me to... Conrad, Conrad, would you rather that I was like, okay, it's time to talk about games. Conrad, it's your turn to do it. <laughs> would you be more likely to do it if I directly told you or if I left the door open so that only you were really in a position to walk through? Oh, my, I, I, do, I, I do actually prefer the latter because it allows me to then just say nothing and insert an incredibly awkward silence into this. Conrad, you played Undermine and Narita Boy and Gato Roboto. Oh, Tell God me about damn. one of them. All right. So, uh, yeah. I, well, okay. I've, we'll start with Undermine because talked about it before. Yeah. We could breeze through it a little bit. I finally did uh, quote unquote finish it. You went back and beat the bosses that you, you kind of skipped over before. I went back and beat the bosses. And then, you know, of course, there's a final encounter that yeah, that opens yeah. up. And I did that. And, and actually, once you've completely beaten all of the bosses, because the bosses do not return once they're dead, which is a cool feature. Yeah. And still surprised me somehow, because I had done the last boss before I had done the third and fourth, and I came back to the last boss chamber and was like, oh yeah, that's right, it's dead. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way to have a game about multiple playthroughs, right? Right. But once you have defeated them all, it respawns them all back in. Yeah. You know, I I think that needed to happen, but I, I like that for a first playthrough that it's like, look, we're not going to make you fight all of them over and over again every time you go through the playthrough. And I think that worked well. Yeah, and I'm in the middle of my, you know, now second run through, and I'm, I expect that I'll just beat them all again on this run. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not presenting a tremendous challenge any longer. Hmm. Now... Each time you cycle it, it's supposed to ramp up the difficulty. I can't say I've noticed it's significantly more difficult from one to two, but... Yeah. You know, it it's fine. It's not the kind of step up I would have anticipated. Yeah, uh, especially considering, you know, the, the sort of leap in difficulty. And a lot of that is just down to not having experienced the mechanics in individual levels. Yeah. Before that contributes to the difficulty of your first encounter with a boss those things are are spikes yeah but that's it's it's more experiential spikes than it is anything to do with the game actually being all that more difficult yeah um and so i'll see how many loops probably it takes before i'm like okay this is actually getting to be a little hard there's also the other mine which is I I don't I'm not even clear on what that is. Neither am I. I've yet to I've yet to work it out. It it seems to be a some you know somewhat more random and challenging at least based on the description of it. It it seems it seems like there's a little more like intense waves of enemies involved. Mm-hmm. And now I I have sort of poked around a wiki a little bit because I was curious about the familiars. I've not done that yet. Did you work out what the ghost does? I did work out what the ghost does. What, what the fuck does the ghost do? Uh, so what's interesting is uh, about the familiars. Familiars and the way they work is that at every level they gain some new ability. 
Mm. Now, in the case of the canary, which is the one you start with, it just collects gold faster. And so it seems as though your effects are going to be whatever it did before, it now does faster. But it's actually whatever it did before, it does better. Oh. In the case of the ghost, and, and this was easy to overlook if you've already bought potion slots and not paying too close attention to how many potion slots you have. But yeah, it's a potion slot. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I did not tweak that at all. <laughs> and at the second level, I, I, I can't recall exactly what it does, but at the third level, it functions like the blessing or the relic that will sometimes duplicate a key when you use one. Oh, yes. So you'll get another potion sometimes when you use a potion with the ghost. I've unlocked a few others. There's a, a gin that I really like, really like, because it tells you where there are secret rooms. Oh. And it does this with a audio indicator when you come into a room, mm. and it will indicate the wall that's shining. You know, it will yes. indicate with a shine automatically that there is a hidden passage in that room. Now, at level two, it'll show you the rocks that have staircases underneath them. Yes. At level three, occasionally when you go into a room, it'll just drop a key or a bomb for you. Oh. You know, every nice. every few rooms, it will drop that. So and and it it's great. Um, and it's especially cool because I got the curse that makes it harder to find secret rooms. But that doesn't change the sound effect. Oh. So I hear that coming into the room. I know there's something in there. If I blow up enough shit, I'm gonna find <laughs> the thing out. Yeah. And I got 53 bombs on this run right now. So <laughs> we ain't fucking around. I'm I'm really. Really enjoying still playing it, and and I've learned to use the jump that I did not like in ways that are functional and practical and feel natural now. Yeah. And that was the biggest stumbling block. Also, there's a... I didn't know about the relic that's in the fast travel room, guys. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speeds up your movement when you're not in combat. Yes, which is really nice for picking up gold, for example. Yeah, I mean, and it, it didn't bother me, the speed that I moved, but having it is a nice quality of life improvement. As soon as you have it, you appreciate its presence. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Undermine's still a good game. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it for a bit. I'm still playing it on and off. Like, I, it's certainly not my favorite roguelike by any stretch no. of the imagination, but it is... It feels unique, and there is enough here that I have stuck with it. It's definitely in the good tier. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyone else played anything else this week? I have played games. You've played games? Well... I know you have. It's in the topic list. Yeah, I say played. Yeah? I say played. Yeah? I don't know if I could call my experience without writers so far playing it. Now look, <laughs> our lads... You know, many people have said they've had no problems with it. Okay. I cannot provide critique from the perspective of someone I don't know and whose eyes I do not have. I can't, like, John Malkovich my way into your head. So, you know, uh, my experience has been shithouse. It takes ages just to log in. Yeah. Even though... You could just play it offline, but they've made it always online and they don't seem to apply the same standard to them fucking selves. I've always said that. The always online requirement is only for us, the people who fucking paid to get in. Took me days, days to get into a game. 
right? And when I did, I spawned falling through the sky like it was a steam asset flip. Yeah. And then I, I eventually like got out of that. And then I was like under the map and I could hear gameplay happening. When I don't try and get into a multiplayer game, which is specifically what I wanted the game for, because I played the demo and was like, oh, this will be fun in multiplayer. Not so much in single player. Single player is the best I can do, and it's not all that fun on my own. This is the problem I have had with it as well, is that the the, the, the demo was fun, but if the launch game is less playable than the demo was, something's gone really wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, I paid money for that fucking game, and I wasn't able to play it for days, and I've still not had a good experience. The servers functionally worked when you were giving it to people for free, but not when they've paid for it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean, it's just... Oh, God. I am... Oh, God. I could have spent that money on Boglins. More and more. (laughs) But no, I'm very disappointed, and... People are like, oh, are you really that surprised? And I'm like, yeah, I always can't believe it because I will always expect better than this shit. So, yes, I will always... The day I stop being shocked by it is the day I pack it all in because it should always be shocking. That's why I still treat microtransactions in $60 games with as much contempt as I do loot boxes and everything else, because just because they push the envelope doesn't make where the envelope was acceptable. And Outriders is, I mean, I haven't felt this way about a game since that, what was it, Steel Battalion on the Connect, where I'm like, this is... This is a straight-up defective product. Mm. Oh, the one where I had to hold my arm up for, like, ten minutes, like, getting ready to ready a signal, and then when the man comes past, I'm supposed to put my arm down so the gun will shoot. Yeah. But, like, I put the arm down and it doesn't register, and now it's like, no, you failed. Put your arm up for another ten minutes. It should have had a full product recall, that Steel Battalion. I I still maintain that full product recall. It was the first or second video game I ever got sent, like, by a PR company to review. And... Oh my goodness, I, my entire review was this is a fundamentally broken thing that d- just is not playable. <laughs> uh, God, back in them days I used to get the, even though I was reviews editor, I didn't have the contact, so I was stuck with the shit work. I was stuck with the, uh, I was stuck with Dark Void and Damnation. I was doing unpaid work for, um, oh God, what culture? And I think I was the only person they were sending games to, I would assume, because back to back I got sent that and Spec Ops The Line, and I don't know how I get a game that good and a game that bad back to back unless they don't have anyone else to send games to. Yeah. Bloody (laughs) hell. Bloody hell. What was the first game I ever reviewed professionally? Dynasty Warriors 6? It was either Dynasty Warriors 6 or Devil May Cry 4. Eh. It was going to be Mass Effect, but and I actually agree, looking back, the reviews editor who was there at the time said, this is just a hate screed. <laughs> There's no criticism here. And it really wasn't. It was just a lot of me talking about how the car feels like it's driving on spunky water. <laughs> so there, that's a nice little bit of reminiscing. Yeah. So yeah, anything else you want to say about Outriders? Or no? Not really. I want to like it. I like the character class I picked, but it's a character class that really feels like it had come into its own in multiplayer because it's a long range one with like turrets and stuff like that. 
so I would rather not have everything focused on me when I'm trying to keep distance. I know there's the whole you push forward and the cover isn't for them, but the character I've got with the sniper rifle and everything, the cover's actually pretty good sometimes. Uh, and that's another thing with that game is is there's still... I'm not sure if it's an identity crisis because I feel like it is doing what it wants. It's just not quite... There's just something a little contradictory about it where you're supposed to push forward, but maybe it's just a function of playing single player, but they swarm you a lot of the time. Um, I often feel overwhelmed by just their numbers and the amount of bullets coming my way. Um, and oh yeah, that's another problem with this is it's another one of those looter shooters, which means the loot is garbage. I love assault rifle and shotgun. <laughs> Great loot. Great loot, gang. Oh. So yeah, that's Outriders so far. I'm, I don't know why I've been, no, I do know why I've been persevering. Fucking 60 bucks. Fucking. Yeah. So I, I played a thing this week. You better have. Yeah, so you know how last week I updated you on the ever-evolving story of Cooking Mama Cookstar? Oh, it never stops. The fun- the party never stops. Oh, the-, the party never stops. So, since last week, I now actually have a copy of the game oh, on yeah. PS4. <laughs> so, I've played it. I'll get into playing it in a second. Mm-hmm. A couple of things of note, having had a look at like the disc and the box and just had a bit of a look... Yeah, the theory that this was stock they made a year ago and are just like, hey, is no one looking? Out it goes. Doesn't hold water. The discs all have copyright 2021 on them, so this is a recent thing. The box still references Office Creates uh, and specifically says that this is licensed by Office Creates. So either the legal situation has changed in the last year or just a straight up lie has been printed on the box. Those are the two options. So yeah, I've been playing a bit of Cooking Mama Cookstar, and here's the weird thing. I expected this to be the most, like, rush job port of all time. Because everything suspicious about how suddenly this appeared with no warning led me to think that they were like, okay, let's just get it done and out the door and hope no one stops us. This is a better port than the Switch version from a year ago. Oh yeah? Like, it is... It's not... Good, <laughs> but it is better. They have clearly made an effort to do more than the bare minimum. Ooh, pushing the boat out. Yeah, so where the Switch version, you either have to play in sticks and buttons mode or motion mode, and you have to stick with that. This has a combination. Some of the inputs are sticks and buttons, some are motion controls. Uh, there is touch controls with the little touchpad on the PlayStation controller, which is more than the Switch ever got. Even in handheld mode where that console has a touchscreen, they never gave it touch controls, but the PlayStation ports got them. The loading time's infinitely faster. Very nice for speedrunning. I know no one else on the planet cares about this, but... On my very first attempt, like with no practice on the PS4 version, I was shaving like 30 seconds per recipe off of my personal best times. So that's going to shake up the very tiny speedrunning community I have for this game. Makes sounds out the controller, it changes the the lighting colour on the controller when you're doing bad or you're doing well and mama shouts at you out the controller. Wow. The analog stick inputs register better than the Switch version. The their trying is is yeah, it's quite admirable is the word I think. No. That's the thing, is like as someone who has played 
probably more than anyone else in the world of the Switch version. I can't fault the quality of the PS4 port. It is a technically better game, in a lot of regards. It's gone from being mediocre to like, ah, it's like a 6 out of 10. It's gone from like a 5 to a 6, maybe 6.5 out of 10. It's it's moving up in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's... Is good enough. I mean, you know what? I thrive on good enough. So yeah, cooking mama cook star. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're someone who's never owned a Nintendo system and really wants to play a bunch of cooking mini games, this is the first time this series has ever been on a non-Nintendo console. And you know what? If you've never played another cooking mama to compare it with, <laughs> it's it's not a bad mini game collection of do silly making food. It's always good critique, like like. Good for a game when the criticism begins with, now look. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you've ever played another Cooking Mama, you're going to play this and go, oh, it's not as good as the other ones. Yeah. If you're playing it in isolation, which, as the first time it's ever come to a Sony console, you might be playing it in isolation. I mean, it's a, it's a few hours of silly making recipes with motion controls and wiggling your finger on a touchpad. Wiggle, wiggle, it's wiggle. It's not a terrible time. Wibble, wibble, wobble, wobble. It's no Steel Battalion Connect. Oh, God. What is? Yeah. Except for Steel Battalion Connect. I'm still trying to get fucking answers about what the fuck's gone on with this game. Like, investigative reporting has continued. I now know where Planet Entertainment, who made this, are based. And I'd given some leeway because initially I had an assumption of because of the communication that was going on, I wasn't sure if there was a communication barrier existing. I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like I now have confirmation that they are just being obstructive. But I am Mm. contacting via a translator Office Creates and I'm going to try and keep getting to the bottom of this weird mystery. Also, the game is four times the size on PS4 for no discernible reason. (gasps) Spyware. (laughs) Russian spyware. It's literally four times the file size for not much discernible difference. What resolution does it run at? As far as I'm aware, just 1080p. Yeah. They're agents. They're working for Nod. There's not such a technical leap between the Switch and PS4 that I would right. expect a quadrupling of memory size required. No, no increase in teraflops. It runs at 60 <laughs> frames a second, which is nice. Fucking hell. It's weird. Play has like... no limits. <laughs> okay, weird thing I've noticed... Again, this is just me waffling about a thing that I find interesting. Yep. Some of the mini games go by faster, not because of faster loading times, but I think because of the fact that they've doubled the frame rate of the Switch version, but they've not inserted new frames. They've <laughs> played certain animations at essentially double speed, yeah. which makes certain mini games go by much faster. That is a way of doing that. That's shaving time off the speedruns, though, right? Well, exactly. It is. The only other person who is actively speedrunning this game doesn't have a PS5 and it loads fastest on PS5, so my records are currently set. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will probably be the speedrun holder on this until PS5s are more available. (laughs) Uh, Brilliant. Uh, Conrad, what have you played this week? Uh, well, 
I played Gato Roboto? Yeah, tell us about this. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have this, I believe, on Switch. It's on um, Game Pass, but it's leaving like in a week, I think. And so it wound up in the leaving soon. And I think I had had it like... I had my eye on it on Steam for a long time or something, because I recall seeing it. It's just this, it's a Metroidvania. Yeah, l- little white, a black and white game of mm-hmm. like, hey, what if a cat was was Metroid? Well, I mean, I say, you say black and white, it, it's monochrome. Oh, I've played this. Yeah, I played this quite a while back. Yeah, yeah, I just hadn't gotten around to it. It's published mm. by Devolver, and you are a adorable little kitty who's trying to help their human who is a space pilot, escaped from a ship crash uh, while investigating a research center. Yeah. And what's cool about it is that, well, for one, it's like a, it's a really compact experience. It's very short. You know, you can clear it in a few hours. It's not very long. Mm. Uh, The areas are not super expansive and there's not a ton of hidden stuff. And it makes it pretty obvious to you for the most part where all of that hidden stuff is. Just looking at the map, it's pretty plain so it it's not hard to 100% it either which i like but also i think the mechanics are really kind of pared down and simplified so like where a metroidvania would be like okay what's the morph ball equivalent here you start with that because the cat is small right little cat yeah your little cat uh what about a wall jump well the cat starts with that too and so you can in the cat form immediately scale walls you're just very vulnerable. One hit will kill you in the cat. And soon into the game, you get the Roboto of the Gato Roboto <laughs> equation. And in the robot suit, you have offensive capability. Well, like flip the bird, say racial slurs. Like how offensive is the robot's capability? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> gotcha. When you also have defensive capability because the mech can take multiple hits and that expands over time as you collect health upgrades for the mech. Um, Other upgrades to the mech, you'll get missiles, which are used to blast through certain barriers and deal more damage in combat. And one smart way it approaches that is a coolant system for the missiles as opposed to an ammunition system to limit you. And so you can really fire two missiles before it overheats. And you have to wait for the meter to drain all the way down, or you can more slowly parcel them out one at a time. And later that gets upgraded to having up to three missiles before it overheats. Then you'll get a double jump, but the double jump is also your screw attack. And the screw attack in this works really well, too, because when you bounce off of an enemy, that immediately refreshes your screw attack jump. So you can use that to more effectively navigate environments. And that gets taken to a whole other level when you get the dash, because then you you double jump to a dash, you get your double jump again. And so it makes it very easy to pick up, feel like progression is quick, and then the whole thing is over and it doesn't outstay its welcome. It allows it to remain charming and funny without feeling like, all right, this is getting old. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased with it. If you have Game Pass, you should check it out while it's still available. The animation's beautiful. Yeah, it's a it's a good little game. Yeah. I remember liking it well enough. I didn't get super far, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, little kitty cap. I have to interrupt with a piece of breaking video game news that you all need to know. So... 
You know Lady Dimitrescu, the big vampire lady that's like... She'd do a big stompy, yeah. Ten feet tall and she'd do a big stompy. Yeah. Slow Beef told me I should change my name to Lady Jim Dressed to on Twitter. <laughs> I may do that in a minute. So yeah, it's it's funny, Conrad, that you mentioned you know doing a step on people. Mm. Um, it it has been officially announced how big Lady Demetrescu's feet are. Oh yeah, because of course they have. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the actual size. All you need to know is that she has bigger feet than Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that's that's the headline. That she's got bigger feet than Shaq. Now look. The best part of all this isn't the first, isn't the, you know, these horny-making stats. It's the continued cracking on by Capcom that they don't know what's up. Yeah, They yeah. don't know why people want to know this. They don't get why people are excited. We're so confused why you would want to know, but she has 17.3-inch feet yeah if you if you're curious i can just imagine like capcom reps firing panties out of a t-shirt can and just saying who's horny what (laughs) so yeah in in the world of resident (laughs) evil 8 there is a company producing Shaquille O'Neal size <laughs> high heels, and I'm very happy with that knowledge. Hell yeah, that's, that's great to know. I mean, Jesus Christ, I have trouble finding shoes. Like, I don't want to deal with the zombies and like the leeches that fill up Louisiana families and stuff. But but like, if Lady Demetrescu could tell me where she shoe shops, I'd be really appreciative. Exactly, because she ain't going down fucking Clark's. Exactly, Jim. Have you played anything else this oh, week? I've played. I've played games beyond your wildest imaginings. I've been gaming the system as well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I get wrestling titles, and it's how. Oh God, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I've not mentioned it on the podcast. So here's the first time I'm going to. Um, I just happen to be NBD, the first Nazis holder of a Pittsburgh promotions uh, top title. You know, so first opening quote title holder in Mississippi and Alabama. So no big deal. Play Disco Elysium Director's Cup. Oh, I've been playing a bit of this. Oh, I need to get that. Yeah. I need to get into that again. I was curious how it is on the console. I appreciate the voice acting a lot playing it on a console. Yeah. The voice acting I'm finding is throwing me off, the increased voice acting, because descriptions aren't, and some bits still aren't, and the flitting in and out is throwing me more than it did last time. Huh. I've not had the same experience. I've been enjoying the voice acting. The character voice acting in particular I very much enjoy. That game has very much the feel of playing a tabletop game. Oh yeah, I mean, there's still that. Yeah, having some of the non-dialogue stuff voice acted kind of had the feel of here's the DM telling me about what's going on, and I kind of I dug that. Yeah. I also feel like the main sort of narration is really, for me, it's like really flat, because it's just so plain and explanatory. Also, I would have liked all the different... I mean, this would have been impossible because there's so many, but I would have liked different voices for the different stats and everything. But mm-hmm. that's that would be such a big undertaking for the amount, so I'm fully aware I shouldn't lean heavily on that. But, I mean, it doesn't control great on the PS5. 
sort of a lot of flicking the right stick to highlight things, but it loves to highlight things that aren't the thing that is like right near you and it can just get annoying. The game itself is still great, you know, playing it a little bit different from last time. Didn't decide to go with the big egocentric superstar cop this time, doing more of a self-loathing thing, just to see where that goes. Uh, I'm at a point, I'm, I'm not super far in to this run. Um, I'm in the apartments at the moment, uh. having spoke to Martin Martinez, and I, I've added the thought of starting the communist rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, see where that one, you know, pops off to. So I'm looking forward to going through it again. So that was Disco Elysium. It's a nice excuse to go back through that game. Hell yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I've really been playing a lot of again this week is I'm still playing a bunch of Monster Hunter. <gasps> Are you? I am. Yeah. I played with you, uh, was it last night on stream? Yeah, yeah. We fought uh, Magnamalo a couple of times on stream. Magnamalo, Rathian. Yeah, I was trying to get my Magnamalo armor set together, I think. Did you get the Magnamalo Lama Lama? I did get my Magnamalo Lama Lama. Brilliant. I got my rare 1% drop I'd been looking nice for on stream. I am wearing a big pumpkin suit. So I'm done. The game's won. It's pretty fantastic. I have spent my 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 day to day doing a bunch of fighting of uh, oh I forget what it's called. Starts with a with a Z. Uh, it's it's the big electric yes. dog thing. I think it's Zinkor. It's fucking horrible. It's one of the worst ones. It's really hard to like join find join requests for it because I think people are fucking avoiding it. So I enjoy fighting it, but I did have that experience today. Like I couldn't fight an online match for it yeah i don't think people want any part of it and i don't blame them i enjoy it the damage it does in my experience it's been the most fun creature to solo so far oh my god you're soloing it yeah i'm soloing it it's the I... damage it gets me in like two hits yeah, it it is one of those where you have to really keep an eye on your health and really micromanage your health. I don't want to keep an eye on anything. I want to. I want the game to be easy, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I've been really enjoying it mainly because I've been playing with the charge blade, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of moments in its moveset where it's like charging in energy to do its electric stuff, where it will sort of stay still for a second and have like little dots of energy going into it and that's a great time for me to set up my very satisfying big electrical swing attack yeah it gives me nice openings to do the thing that makes my weapon feel cool well that's good also i've got a charge blade now that does red and black lightning whenever it does oh. its charge attacks and that makes me feel very powerful nice that's what you want that's what you want you want to feel ridiculous that's what I like about Monster Hunter is that point where you're like, I look and feel utterly ridiculous. I've been working on builds this time. Yeah. So I've got my pumpkin build because it adds a lot of fire attack. So I got a bell that has fire attack and that's good. Then I've got my mushroom build <laughs> where it's only a two piece armor. I've got to find some other, some like good stuff to go with it, but it's like mushroom buns for your head and then mushroom shoulder pads. And that lets you eat mushrooms. And then I get my toxic fungus sax, which is a big wooden saxophone also covered in mushrooms. <laughs> and that is the mushroom one. And then I'm working on a heel one 
I've just got to get the armor because it's it does a big boost to your recovery. And then I'm going to use the Magia Charm, um, which does a lot of recovery. I'm using the Horn still. I really like the Hunting Horn because it turns you into a bard. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I always enjoy playing in groups where there's a Hunting Horn in the group. Mm-hmm. Very much appreciate it. I have been having a great time dressing up my dog to make it look like a legendary Pokemon. Yeah, there you can get that. Yeah. You can really get some Pokemon-y looks. My one basically looks like Jonathan Crane, but as a dog. (laughs) The pumpkin stuff's so good. Yeah. I'm still playing my way through very slowly. I'm on rank five, both on single player and multiplayer, because I insist on getting every full set of armor available before I move on to a new creature. My God. You know what? Your schedule is lucky they don't have shiny versions of the armor. Honestly, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I've been playing... This has been filling the role of shiny Pokemon hunting for me recently, where it's like, I want to repeatedly do the same thing until I've completed my collection and then I move on. I mean, it's good for that. Like, even I... I don't collect everything, but I want anything that is stupid and makes me look absurd. Or, you know adorable like my little pumpkin hat my favorite stupid outfit right now is the one off of the white penis dragon you know the one i mean (laughs) i know the one you mean the extendable neck no eyes penis dragon white pallid leechy thing yeah um with the very sort of like latexy looking skin (laughs) so the female armor set for that creature looks like medical fetish outfit where it's like <laughs> oh it's what if you had a shiny white latex nurse's outfit and i'm like oh that's wonderful i mean it's what you want yeah. the hunting horn weapon for that thing is just its face <sighs> like it's just a big like like not trumpet like like bugle looking thing and the big like uh sound hole at the top is just its mouth with the teeth it's fucking ghastly. I've seen it, and I don't approve of it. It's not good. It's not a good time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm working it through it slowly. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm behind most of the people I know who are getting through it, but I'm having a great time. I completely forgot about the village stuff, so I'm on, like, rank seven in the hub, and on, like, I think I may have just got to rank three on the village. <laughs> Uh, I still don't like the Rampage missions. They are, yeah, they're, I haven't done many because it's just not appealing. No, I've done the ones that are required for progression through the ranks, but yeah. I don't want to stop playing Monster Hunter to play something else. That's fair. I want to play Monster Hunter, I like Monster Hunter. Yeah, honestly, like it's, it's a very different experience. I said last week I like Horde Mode type stuff, I like that wave-based stuff, but... Not for big beasties, it just it clashes a bit too much for me. Yeah. What about you, comrade? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, yeah, I played... Well, you you already told everybody what I played, remember? You just ran yeah. down the list. There's no surprises well, left. Well, that's your fault for not, you know, telling us what you played when I opened the door for you. Well, you're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I didn't play anything. <laughs> uh, so I, I played uh, Narita Boy which I guess just came out and it's a 2D action platformer that has like, I mean, it's got its Tron inspiration written all over it. Like <laughs> it doesn't try to hide it. The box art, cover art, whatever you want to call it is a dude in the Tron pose with the disc overhead and the beam. It's Tron shit, but you control Narita boy who is, I guess a, a teenage boy in the early eighties. That's, pulled into computer system 
as some sort of last defense against a corrupted program that's trying to dominate the whole network or something. There's a lot of text at the beginning, like a lot of dialogue with programs and the motherboard, which is the entity that's, you know, supposed to be guiding you, vaguely hints the mechanics and figures controlling the world. It's one of those sci-fi things that I find kind of frustrating because like when the writers feel this need to spend this much time on the foundational groundwork to prepare for later concepts, I get nervous about how much time is going to be spent later in the game when I'm actually engaged and would prefer to keep playing it. And then there was another creeping dread thing that I, I experienced where I, I got, you know, one of those achievement sounds when I, I had to enter a code sequence in that was slightly tedious. And I thought, oh, crap. Because <laughs> I read the achievement. It says, do this for the first time. I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about that. But I think the thing that, like, most has me kind of is that the platforming is very springy but has floaty horizontal control and that's kind of difficult to compensate for with the level of accuracy that the game game is demanding for all of these bottomless pits that are in it Mm -hmm. but the combat seems fun after a too long meandering around in my opinion you get a multi-use weapon that has melee uh attacks got a good dash mechanic you do a, a dash and swing sword combo thing. It's pretty cool. Um, there's You charge it up and there's a baseball bat type swing to it also. And then the ranged options have a, a shotgun blast and then a, a really powerful beam that just goes all the way across the screen depending on whether you tap or charge. And those just have a slowly regenerating ammo thing that I'm assuming expands fairly considerably. Um, I haven't found a lot of interest in using the ranged stuff yet, but maybe if I keep playing more, um, that'll feel like a more interesting thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, though. Like It has a bit of that Super Brothers style of sprite art Ooh, that I like. Yeah. With a neon, you know, retro aesthetic. And so it looks really cool. And it is interesting Mm -hmm. there are a few things that uh, about it that i'm already like obviously "Mm, i don't know how much i'm gonna enjoy this as i get further in but there's stuff here at least that's interesting so if you have game pass it's on that and you can try it at least yeah that game pass is uh yeah it's it's real good at getting games tried out for sure yeah yeah and and i think it's worth trying if you like platformers Mm mm-hmm but I don't know if it's, it's something I, I'm going to end up feeling good about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Narita Boy. Nice. Nice. I, it just struck me that I referenced it earlier. Yeah, I was... But did not actually explain. I wondered when we were going to get to this one. <laughs> yeah. So, so Oddworld St- Soulstorm came out yesterday at the time of recording, Tuesday, basically, this week. And I was quite pleased. I was doing a live stream yesterday and had a surprise and played a little clip of Oddworld Soulstorm, and it is of me (gasps) in Oddworld Soulstorm. You! Of you! Me! James Stephanie Sterling with an E. That's not what our Zoom (laughs) call says. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Zoom, always using my bloody government names, stupid bastard. Yeah, so I am in it. 
which is big for me because I love that series. And the game this one's based on um, Abe's Exodus. I think I was like 13 or something. I forget how old, but I got it on my birthday. Walked up to uh, the Broadway, Bex the Heath, went and got it. Then me and my brother and a friend, we were basically attacked by a man who looked like Jake the Snake Roberts. He was having a go at us for something. We hadn't done anything. We were walking down an alley to go home and he accused us of something. Um, and then I, you know, made some reference to, I basically sarcastically said we were going. And then he flipped his lid and we just ran to a, a nearby house and bashed on the door till he went away and, and they come out. It was very upsetting. The game's great though. Uh, so I very much enjoyed Abe's Exodus. That took the sting off being attacked by a man who looked like Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> and this one, you know, a game that meant a lot to me that basically those first two games are big definitive PlayStation experiences to me, like the PSX. So to be in it, especially as someone who used to like doing Slig impressions and being like, oh, I would make a good Slig voice. To be able to do one is really cool. Uh, albeit not the way I would have expected to do one. Uh, it's a sort of wartime broadcaster voice they wanted. And they seem to like it. People seem to enjoy it. So I think I did well. So yeah, that was exciting. Uh, and then... They're fixing it. <laughs> they they did confirm they're fixing it. But yeah, Good. Uh, in the credits, they did spell my name wrong. Um, Sterling with an I, which hasn't happened in such a long time. I don't know how people do it, but hey, it is getting fixed. Um, and I said, if you go with James Stephanie Sterling, that'd be great. And that'd be good. Does that be the first time I'm credited in a game with that name? Yay! Although I don't know how many voice acting gigs I'll get. My stock's declined rapidly in the game industry. I'll make my own games and voice in them. They won't be good games. They're the <laughs> asset flips. Uh, uh, has anyone else played anything else this week? Or should we get a couple of news bits out of the way quickly? Let's get some news bits. Let's just get those news. Ah, uh, so this one, I'm going to rattle through this quickly. Because this is a Pokemon Go loot boxes update. Because, oh, mm, oh, I have, I have opinions. They're not. Loot boxes, they're fun surprises, presents, surprises. I don't play this game anymore other than logging in once a week to move my Pokemon off of the game and not play it. Yeah. So, Easter's coming up, and as part of their sort of spring Easter event, uh, Pokemon Go is adding a special Pokemon, a flower variant of Happiny, which is the uh, Chansey's unevolved little baby form, yep. with little flowers in its hair. <gasps> you can only get it from eggs. Oh. It has... Uh, we don't know the exact hatch rate, because mm -hmm. that has not been announced, but we, we know from people like... Doing some fan estimation, it seems to have about a 1% hatch rate from eggs. Interesting. It is only available for four days. Oh, what a fun present. You have four days to get a thing that will hatch out of roughly one in a hundred <laughs> eggs that require real world walking. Oh, this is yeah. why I'm so like... This is why I have a good track record of being correct with the game industry, because... When there's an opportunity to be the worst, they'll always take it. You've just got to anticipate what is a shitty thing to do, and they will eventually succumb to the temptation. Now they are really incentivizing spending money on that fucker with random chance shit. Well done. 
people who defended it. So, doing some rough maths, uh, these are two kilometer eggs, but during the Easter event, uh, egg distances are going to be halved. So, if you wanted to hatch one of these things completely for free, you'd have to walk approximately 100 kilometers on foot in four days. However, that's not accurate because that's assuming that every egg that you got in rotation was a two kilometer egg and that at no point did you accidentally have no two kilometer eggs and your collection was full. So you had to hatch an egg that wasn't two kilometer to hope another two kilometer came in. So like at best, (laughs) you're looking at a hundred kilometers of walking in four days. That's just for the regular variant. Oh, there is also (laughs) a shiny variant of happiny with flowers on its head. (laughs) You have four days if you wanted a shiny happiny with flowers on its head uh, in that four days before it's gone forever, estimates are you'd have to walk, you know, somewhere in the region of 3,000 kilometers in four days. Oh, screw you, Niantic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. One day they're going to take the absolute piss and they will literally have an egg you have to hatch by walking 500 miles and then 500 more. Uh, so yeah, even as obsessive as I am about wanting all of the shiny Pokemon, shiny happiny with some flowers on its head, fuck off. Not interested in you, don't need you in my collection. I mean, yeah, that's just an absolute rotten pit. That is a rotten piss take. Yeah. I mean, like, I will go so far as to actually say Niantic are rotters, and I have never called anyone a rotter. I've never accused anyone of rotterdom in my life, but they are all uh, rotters. So that's that's the thing I just needed to get off yeah. my chest that that's happening. Well, here's the thing, right? They're not really loot boxes because no, you, know, you can just ignore them. You see, you see, folks. Don't go to bat for them because they're not your friends and they will take that bat and they will fucking smash your face in with it. Yeah. They'll do that thing in Untouchables is what they'll do. They'll Untouchables your head with the bat you went to for them. Other things. This is just a nice little, like, oh, free, free game to play soon that's happening. So you know how Nintendo has in the last year or two seemingly gotten really into let's take a classic game and make it a battle royale that we give you as part of your online subscription. Oh, sure. We had Tetris 99, then there was Mario 99. We know what the next one of those is going to be. Disco 2000. Not quite. Oh. Uh, Pac-Man 99. Fucking hell, that's Pac-Man. That actually sounds interesting. Yeah, Pac-Man is a battle royale. Is it like everyone's a ghost and there's one Pac-Man? So my understanding is that everyone is playing an individual game of Pac-Man, but every time you eat a ghost, Uh. rather than it being like sent back to the centre and then going back around uh, your board, it gets sent to another player's board. Yeah. I forgot that's how they do them. That's how they've done them all, right? It's basically like like a competitive puzzle game, like Poyo Poyo, but levels. Yeah. Basically, you're trying to complete your single-player game, but you're trying to, like, whenever you do something good, send that thing over to someone else so they've got more challenge to deal with. I hate them. Like, they're well done and and clever concepts. Personally, I hate them. (laughs) That's fair. I've enjoyed both of them so far. I will definitely give this a go. It was announced with, like, zero fanfare. It's just com- It's coming out today yeah. the, the, when people listen to this episode. So if you've ever wanted to play Battle Royale Pac-Man, that's going to exist. Oh, God, I tell you what, no. I tell you what now, though. 
What? I want to. I want to play Pac-Man Championship Edition again now. Yeah. Oh, I want to yeah. play that other one. What was the glitch one? The one that's named after the. I think the kill screen. Two fifty six. Two fifty six. Oh, I want to play two two fifty six. Is good. So it's funny you mentioned that. I think because this is coming out currently on the eShop on the Switch, Pac-Man Championship Edition is like the most recent, like the top recommended thing. Oh, is it on sale? I I didn't pay enough attention, but they put it front and center on the eShop oh. at least in Europe. I don't think I've got it on Switch. Yeah, that'd be good because I've I've got a train journey coming up at the end of the month. I don't know, I don't know if I've mentioned um, April twenty fourth. What is this about the, the poly cult party? Perhaps there's a there's a polyam cult party going on April twenty fourth. It'll be streamed on Go Professional Wrestling yeah. on Twitch. Ooh. So I'll be there with the champion. Yeah. The championship belt rises. I'm the, non- the first nonsense possessor of it. So uh, come enjoy the pre-show an hour before, and then we'll go do a raid. Be doing over. a goddamn pre-show with all yeah, sorts of fun stuff. Exactly. In news that um, I'm sure is going to surprise everyone on this podcast, brace yourself. Uh, are you both sitting down for this one? I am sitting. I'm. Hang on. Let me brace myself. <laughs> Conrad, are you are you ready? I am. Okay. The link between loot boxes and problem gambling has been robustly verified. Supreme! Kill Supreme! What? What? Loot boxes are basically gambling. Loot boxes are gambling, are they? And they've been linked to problem gambling, like addiction and overspending. I'll read from the thing here. Researchers at the universities of Plymouth and Wolverhampton have said loot boxes are structurally and psychologically akin to gambling. They also found that large numbers of children are opening loot boxes. It's almost like children are being hooked into gambling. Yeah, I tell you what, right? There was this um, plucky, hopeful games pundit a couple years back. Mm-hmm. They seemed to have prospects at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember their name. Yeah. Um, I think it was like Jim Sterling with an I or something. Mm, that sounds <laughs> um, right. Yeah, it was about 2016. They were arguing that, you know, Certain loot boxes that had been really popularized lately by Overwatch and stuff. Like they'd been in some games, mobile games, FIFA and that before mm. then. Overwatch exploded and a whole bunch of people wanted to defend it because they liked Overwatch. Mm. And they told me I was making mountains out of molehills and it was just cosmetic and I should drop it. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know because uh, according to the, the published report, which I've been sort of skimming over for the last yeah. few minutes, uh, the first, uh, you know, academic research into this is in 2017 so obviously you know you couldn't have possibly just constructed this out of a general awareness of the mechanisms of of capitalism and your lived experience i'm not gonna say that like you know a majority of the arguments against loot boxes um, was foundationally layered by myself and you know a number of other people, like certainly there were people on my side um, and viewers would sort of put that out there. But the, I ate shit for years over this yeah. stuff. Like I have several things where I've turned out to be right, where I've said something's going to happen. And as I've said before, I'm not saying this because I'm some like insightful wizard. Like I 
have just been doing this a long time. Yeah. A fucking hell a long time. Yeah, there's there's more of this report we'll get into. Coincidentally, a lot of it is things we've talked a lot about on this podcast really? and in other places. Yeah. So the report said that many games use a psychological nudge to encourage people to buy loot boxes, such as the fear of missing out on limited time items or special deals. Oh. That's surprising to me. I think there was a video done by someone who you know their stock had gone down a bit in yeah, by that yeah, point yeah, in like yeah, 2019 yeah. um but they <laughs> they were still putting out you know some some stuff for traction one of them i think was god it was something called like the the addictive cost of predatory yeah. monetization or something like that and it had interviews and, and statements from the people who had been explicitly targeted yeah. by these games and it also included a lot of evidence of the attitudes within the game industry itself and the psychological tricks they deliberately employ yeah look here's the thing both in the media and in the industry and in the community Ever since I started, I've been treated like I don't know what I'm talking about. And on several occasions, I've been completely correct. And then when it becomes on vogue to say the things I've been saying, I'm completely erased from the conversation. And fuck everyone who penned for years these rebuttals and are now, you know, suddenly pretending they didn't. Oh, look. I'm an expert on this. I'll fucking say that. I've done this long enough. I have seen this behavior. I have, I've done the fucking research and I spoke to the people. Yeah. I'm not saying I should be fucking front and center everywhere, but not one person ever reached out about the research I did. Come on. I know you're not alone in this as well. A few weeks back, some blue-haired video-making person on the internet that might have been called Laura did a video again on this very similar topic, talking about, you know, how all these things affect people with disabilities, specifically psychological nudges like the fear of missing out. Well, we talked about it in the ADHD episode as well, because I've been caught... Like, imagine that, as staunchly against loot boxes and shit as I am, I want to idly put some money into that fucking pocket mornings, because my brain was just not focusing right. Yeah. It's fucking scary. The dedicated video I did on this a couple of weeks ago where I was like, here is just laying out every disability that is impacted by these tricks and how it impacts them and how these groups are targeted. I had people literal weeks ago trying to tear down like, oh no, no, you're being hyperbolic by saying that it's manipulative gambling, you know, preying on people who are susceptible to FOMO. I think it's outrageous and I'll say it, that I have this reputation of repeating myself a lot, not because it's untrue, it is, but that is never applied to the people I have constantly had to push back against, who have been parroting the same corporate apology and propaganda for years without changing their tune, and every time I say, right, here are the reasons that that argument is wrong, and it's ignored Every single time until things like this happen. Just like when I said regulation would come for them and no one listened and I said they're gambling and no one listened and I got all of this just cosmetic shit and all of this, it just skips the grind and it's optional and fuck all of that. So 
There's more in this study. I'm going to summarise some things. Our work has established that engagement with loot boxes is associated with problem gambling behaviours, with players encouraged to purchase through psychological techniques such as fear of missing out. We've also demonstrated that at-risk individuals, such as problem gamblers, gamers, young people, and disabled people make disproportionate contributions to loot box revenues. <gasps> I'm shocked. Yeah, shocking, terrifying. Who could have seen it coming? I mean... God, if only, if only video games, if only the discourse with a capital D had some sort of Cassandra figure. I tell you what, it's almost a shame that Stephanie was the name I always knew I'd go with because Cassandra would be so fucking apt. (laughs) Christ. Look, I'm sorry if I sound overly bitter on this, but... I've had multiple instances recently as well of just like being erased from certain things or having certain things like accomplishments just ignored or or actively scrubbed out in some areas. And and I've fucking had enough. I'm the first openly queer title holder in Mississippi and Alabama. I'm the champion region. I'm the commander. I don't have to deal with this shit. Years being portrayed as someone who just rants aimlessly and loses their temper a lot. Bollocks! As there's one other bit of loot box news, just while we're on it. Yeah. Brazilian authorities are investigating loot boxes with an idea to potentially ban them altogether. Oh, God. Another country on the list that's going, hey, hey, what if we got rid of them entirely? So, Well, FIFA... I mean... Yeah, yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. It's a huge market for FIFA. Yes. So, the inquiry comes in response to a recommendation by the National Association of Child and Adolescent Defense Centers, which has filed several lawsuits against game companies over their use of loot boxes, arguing that their harmful form of gambling a banned activity in Brazil. Yep. It's about time. Yeah. I hope. Because, you know... We're talking about big, multi-billion dollar corporations here. There's a lot they can weasel out of. But if this goes through and they can't put their gambling aimed at kids in FIFA in Brazil, good. Yeah. What a fucking reckoning. And so deserved because they either knew this was coming and was just trying to dip in as much as they can until it all collapsed, or they truly thought they'd get away with this in perpetuity despite the warnings, despite the obvious the obvious direction this was going to go in. You can't destroy that many families' bank accounts. And you can't make billions and billions of dollars without politicians getting very curious. The utter, wanton, short-sighted avarice, single-minded greed got them here, and I hope it burns them. I hope it burns them inside out. Agreed. Comrade, any... Jeff any... Bezos owes me a million pounds. Any additions to No, this? I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. I think we've all known that regulation of this was going to be inevitable. Yeah. Europe has looked at it. Um, various countries in Europe have sort of flirted with that. And now, you know, we're seeing Brazil doing it. And, you know, I think it is, it is telling that... Because I, I do think that this is 100% because of FIFA, which is one of the worst offenders in this respect. Oh, sure. And one of the most child-focused ones as well. Well, it's rated for kids age three and up. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, it remains to be seen whether or not Brazil does this. And yeah. I mean, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in the Brazilian government. Mm. It is another government now that is at least examining it. And the more governments that do examine this process, the more it's going to spark interest from other countries that are going to start to look at this and be like, ooh, wait a minute, we do have a problem here. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it is across the board good news. Whether it moves the needle a lot or a little, uh, hard to say, but it's certainly something positive to end the show on. Yeah, the vindication is fucking there. Like, I mean, it was there. It's been there for years. Sure. Like, this... As far as I'm concerned, like, I didn't even pay much attention to the story at first because I was like, oh, it's been proven again, has it? Yeah. Like, this isn't the first study even. There's been many study after study, so I saw it as just another one, and then suddenly everyone was shock horror. I think this study has something like 17 other studies that it uh, yeah. drew upon to compile its research. Once I saw, like, how big it was, yeah. I was like, ah... But I'm I'm just so used to being proven right on this issue. I'm so used to everything I've said would come to pass, coming to pass, that I was like, ah, yes, more evidence. Good. And then I was like, ah, lots of evidence. And I can hear in the distance, hark, tunes are changing. Fucking hell. Ugh. That's this week. Yeah, I yeah, think that's, that's enough for one week. That's enough. I think we done did this week. Well, I say it's enough. Some people just can't get enough. They just can't get enough. They just can't get enough. No, it's certainly not of content. And I've, I've been told that you can't stop till you get enough. And I've heard that once you pop, you can't stop. In the name of love, <laughs> Laura, what stuff have you got? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz all around the internet. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. You find me on TikTok. I do little videos there every now and then. I've been enjoying doing those. You can find me on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Every Friday on YouTube, I upload episodes of Accessibility. This week's episode is about the Switch's specific accessibility controller and why you're probably better off just buying the Xbox One and sort of jerry-rigging it into your Switch. Other than that, I do subtitles every week for the Jimquisition, which yeah. are usually up within about an hour and a half of the episode being live. Amazingly quick. You do not need to apologise for it being late. You are amazingly quick. I will still apologise every week and you know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's that. I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. That's out now. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That's out now. Gender Euphoria, that comes out on June 10th. Whew, that's coming up. Less than, that's like two months away now. That's super soon. Backers should be getting their copies real soon. I bought a big batch of pens ready for doing signings again soon, so that'll be exciting. Other than that, Pixel Squirt, it's a podcast about video game porn. Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about the things that aren't video games that I do in the week. And Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every season's its own little story, so you can jump into any season. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and currently season eight, which has uh, just been going on a couple of weeks. Conrad, you were on that show too, right? I was on that show. And you can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. And you can hang out with me on Twitch um, Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. I know it's a weird-ass schedule, but I like to run the gamut. 
Um, that's at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. Had a really good stream on Monday. There's a VOD of on the channel uh, with Damer Sophie about how the Matrix sequels are a lot better than you remember, which is something that I, I've always thought those movies were actually pretty good. Listeners, if you've missed conversations between Conrad and Damer Sophie, you've missed out. Highly recommended content. When they get together, it's it's great discussion. They are a lot of fun to have on. Always do enjoy it. Uh, so that's at uh, twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. I'm also on some podcasts. Uh, I do a podcast called Let's Talk About Snacks with Lauren Morgan and Linda Camiolo, where I talk about snacks. All sorts of snacks. It's a good show. It's fun. It's light. It's breezy. Uh, it's usually less than an hour or something. You can just pop on and enjoy real quick. And something that's less enjoyable, perhaps, is Boston's Favorite Son, <laughs> uh, which uh, I I think we might be able to, to do an episode of that this week. That'd be good. Fingers crossed. That'd Fingers be nice. crossed. That'd be, yeah, that would be good. But uh, everything I do online is supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash fistshark. Uh, so you can maybe uh, chip in a few bucks and help that. Hey, you know who else has a Patreon? Who? James Stephanie Sterling. James Stephanie Sterling. Hi, it's me. Uh, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash jimquisition uh, if you want to kick some cash that way. Thank you so much recently, by the way. The support's been fantastic. It's nice to have in reserve just in case things have to progress with certain developers. Nothing to report there, by the way. You know, the work continues. Um, and also, you know... It funds the show, gets me to pay people, supports my boggling habit. It's all good. Uh, the new Kickstarter bogglings came in. They're real good. Uh, and that's it. Thank you so much for the support. Don't forget, Polyam Cult Party 3, April 24th, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, and that will be on Twitch TV Go Professional Wrestling. And there will be a pre-show an hour before with Conrad and Laura. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. Glaze me in your hot sausage glue. Okay. <laughs>